Welcome to a new episode of the Empower to Grow podcast, your go-to career advice podcast if you are an international engineer or technical expert looking to grow to the next level of your career in Germany. My name is Sarah and it is my passion to support you to create a career where your life and work are not two separate things but one entity. As a former tech recruiter and certified coach, I will give you easy-to-follow steps for your job search and application process, tons of inspiration for your personal development and hands-on advice from inspirational interview guests. Get ready to take some notes and enjoy today's episode. Hello again and welcome to a new episode of the Empower to Grow Career podcast. Today I am making an episode that I'm not entirely sure about what the outcome is going to be. I've been thinking about talking about this topic for a very long time, um, but I didn't really know how and what would happen if I share those things. Um, today I feel brave enough just to talk about it and I'm excited to see what will happen afterwards. So today you can actually not expect any practical tips or advice, but you will find out about um, a lot of open bias and some really painful rejection reasons that are happening in German companies. So this also involves sharing some of my most painful experiences and stories as a recruiter. Um, I feel I just want to get them out there because they've been on my mind and in my head for years. And yeah, I think they are worth sharing with my community. So I'll start with just a few stories. When I started my uh, one of my jobs uh, a few years ago, initially I would ride the bus and the train to work. Um, after a few weeks of having been on, a, on the regular bus ride, so at the same time every day, I have created a small community of actually um, three Indians who would ride the bus with me at the same time. You might know that Germans, they don't tend to speak to strangers on the bus. So here I was with my three Indian guys every morning. Um, and we had a lot of fun cheering each other up for the day, telling us uh, stories, telling us about yeah whatever people talk about on the bus really so um, after a few weeks one of them told me that he was about to finish his master thesis and then that he would be looking for a job very soon because I liked him I thought he was very friendly and from what he told me he also made the impression of being uh, competent and at what he was doing so I recommended him to one of the hiring uh, managers it was a department manager at my company and uh, of course because of my recommendation he also got an interview. So I didn't actually attend the interview because there were already two other people there and I thought that was going to be enough and yeah if I recommend somebody that I'm kind of friendly with I think it was quite common that I was not part of the interview. So after the interview was done I went up to the department manager and I asked him how it went. What he told me was that um, he performed really well, that he's a competent person, that he believes he can do the job. And I started getting excited. And in the end, I thought I, I asked him, oh, so are we going to hire him? 
And his answer was, no, because he smelled like an old tire and there is no way I'm going to expose my team to that smell. So can you please reject him? So <laughs> that was actually one of my early days as a recruiter. And here I was um, having to reject somebody that I had become friendly with because he apparently smelled too bad to be hired for a job that he could easily do. Um, <clears throat> I was still quite young back then. It was, yeah, I, it was hard for me to come up with good words. So as far as I remember, I think I did something that most recruiters do in that situation. I just came up with a random reason of we found somebody else uh, who was better at performing, uh, who we thought would perform better in this role. And yeah, I told him he was a no. Um, for all the following bus rides I had with this guy, I felt such a strong need to tell him the real reason. But First of all, I didn't want to hurt his feelings because, of course, it's not easy to tell somebody that he was rejected, apparently because of his smell. And yeah, secondly, I was new in the company, so I also didn't want to um, get my company into trouble. And I mean, yeah, the situation kind of solved itself because he found a job somewhere else, so he wasn't on the bus ride anymore. And a little while later, I also got a car and was not taking the bus to work anymore, so I just wouldn't see him anymore. That was one story, um, yeah, one example of when somebody got rejected because of the way he smelled. And believe me, within my more than 10 years of recruitment experience, that was not the only time that somebody got rejected because of his smell, but he never or he or she never found out about that reason because obviously um, the answer and the rejection he got was just, um, yeah, just a very general um, feedback that told him or her basically nothing. Another story that I would like to share with you is a weird conversation I had with a team leader um, who was looking for, for engineers to join his team. Um, we interviewed a very nice guy together. Uh, the guy was from Cameroon. Um, I really liked him and um, I felt that he would be a great fit for the team. And yeah, he was definitely able to do the job well. So after the interview in our regular discussions that we have about uh, candidates, I was really convinced that we were actually going to make him an offer and I was very excited about it. What actually happened was that the, the team lead, he agreed with me that the candidate made a great impression. He thinks that he would um, yeah, be very well able to do the job. But he said, but Sarah, I'm not going to hire any more people from Africa. Remember I had, well, he had two guys on his team before who were from um, different countries in Africa. I don't remember uh, exactly. And well, some things went wrong with them. I don't want to go into a lot of detail about that. But he said, well, remember what happened to those two. I've had two bad experience, so I'm not going to hire any guy again from Africa. I was quiet for a little bit and then I said, well, but you just hired somebody who was from Tunisia. Doesn't that count as Africa? And he went, uh, no, for me that doesn't count as Africa. That is something completely different. 
You can probably already tell that this illogical conversation went on in a similar fashion for a little while and actually ended in an ugly discussion about um, him, well, my feeling that he was discriminating against black people, um, to which he never agreed, of course, but essentially, without saying it outright, it is what he was doing. So... That is another example of my experience where I um, openly knew that certain nationalities were getting discriminated against, but I wasn't really sure what I could do about it. Um, another short story is about um, a lady who I'm not really sure anymore where she was from, but she came to her interview wearing sandals. And, um, yeah, I mean, from her feet probably were not the most attractive feet, but then I don't know by which criteria you measure attractive feet. But in the end, that was the reason for rejection. So the hiring manager said um, her feet were so ugly and she was also wearing green nail varnish. And, yeah. He didn't like that. So no matter how she performed or, or whatever she said during the interview, um, he was too distracted by the feet he saw and um, the nail varnish. And he didn't like that. And um, yeah, a last story I would like to share with you is uh, probably one of my worst days as a recruiter. Um Let's start uh, with what actually happened. So as a recruiter, I also attended a lot of uh, career fairs and a few, well, it was actually quite a few years ago already. There was this career fair um, targeted at simulation engineers and I was there with two department managers who were regularly hiring um, simulation engineers. And I was standing there at my career booth and suddenly a group of, I think, five Indians came up to me. And uh, at first I was, you know, friendly, excited to speak to them. But what they told me is, Madam, all of us have, have received a rejection from you. Can you explain to us why? Because we all have... From our CVs, we are all qualified for the job descriptions that you have. Can you tell us why you rejected every single one of us? So here I was confronted with the real people. You might know this, that as a recruiter, it's actually quite easy to click some buttons and then rejection messages go out. And yeah, that was one of the times where I definitely got reminded that I'm sending these messages out to real people. And yeah, here they were asking me for reasons why they got rejected. Actually, I did know the real reason exactly, but that was also another situation where I didn't know what to do and had no idea what, what to tell them. What had happened a few months before that situation happened was that um, yeah one of the main client my company was working for um, had told one of the department managers that if you give me one more Indian as a contact as a point of contact in this project I'm gonna take all projects away from you and move them to our subsidiary in India so 
the department manager himself was quite shocked because he was quite happy with the performance of his uh, Indian team members. But of course, he was uh, it's his responsibility to make money to make sure that all of his uh, team members are working on something that they are productive. Um, this is what he gets measured by. So what he told me is that um, for a while he will stop hiring anyone who's from India anymore because the team already had quite a few Indians. And um, yeah, if the client doesn't accept them anymore, we can only have them kind of in the second row of the project. And he felt that wouldn't be fair. So he asked me to reject all Indians from that point on, no matter what their qualification was. So you can now probably already guess what had happened to those five Indians confronting me at the career booth. Um, they had been five of the ones who had solely gotten rejected because they were Indians. And thanks to what our client had threatened, we were not hiring any more Indians for the simulations team. So... What was I supposed to do with those people at the career booth? Um, I made an attempt at being honest and I, I tried to explain the situation that really happened to them. Um, I also tried to explain to them that we are trying to keep our teams diverse so that if we have a team um, in our company that consists solely of people from India, that that would also not be diverse. And we're trying to keep it a mix because we already had um, more than 10 people in this department who were from India. They absolutely didn't like this answer. They hated it um, because they, they um, yeah, rightly said that it had nothing to do with their skills or with their um, yeah, abilities in simulation. So um, I think in the end, our conversation didn't end satisfactory for, her, for any of us. So neither for the five guys who had confronted me, nor for me, because I was just completely overwhelmed and yeah, wasn't able to give them a satisfactory answer to that question. But um, yeah, for the situation for me was um, definitely very important from a learning perspective, because from that moment on, I never forgot again when I was sending out rejections that they were going out to real people and that they would cause real emotions by those people out there. So I think um, as a recruiter, that is an important learning and something that has to sink in for you to do the job well. So yeah, I was quite grateful that I got that learning fairly early on in my career, although it was um, a painful experience. But here this was another situation of where in that case, um, actually our client told us not to hire people uh, anymore from a certain national background. And the examples I've shared with you now, they are really only just a few small stories out of a hundred that I have um, experienced myself, that I have heard from other recruiting clients, that I have heard from, well, people that I, I am friends with, people I worked with outside of my, um, yeah, of my full-time job. Um, yeah, so just some small examples that stand for discrimination in Germany that is still happening and a helplessness that I experienced when I was confronted with it. I mean, 
um, I did confront the actual managers who were thinking it that way. It led to a lot of discussions. It also led to some um, yeah, disciplinary actions that were taking against them. So in that small um, area or small, small impact area that I, that I had, I did try to make changes, but it never really resulted in anything that made me happy. And actually, um, yeah, it, it's not only the discrimination against internationals. So sometimes it would be uh, German candidates who had some some weird person personality traits or some, I don't know, maybe things that you can call ticks that would lead to an immediate rejection. Um, and... Yeah, so basically I said in the beginning that I'm not sure what the outcome of this episode will be, but I think my intention is to just get this message out there that things like that are still happening, that I've experienced it a lot, that it is probably one of the biggest pain points for recruiters to then have to come up with um, yeah, random and general rejections because... They don't know how to talk about the real reasons behind a rejection because sometimes they are too hard and too painful and yeah, cannot be talked about because otherwise their company would get sued easily and rightfully, definitely. I think I just want to put this episode out to my community. I'm very happy if um, anyone has any suggestions of what we can do together to make this discrimination that we still have in some German companies stop, how we can create an awareness of this bias that a lot of us still have in us. And by the way, I'm not saying that I'm completely free of this or that I have never agreed to anything that any hiring manager said. I mean, we're all humans and sometimes we just, yeah... We, we sometimes do laugh about others, um, about funny things that happened. Or yes, I also had candidates in the interviews that had a strong smell. But for me, it was yeah, irrespective of the nationality. I have a sensitive nose. Yes, sometimes people would be drowned in sweat because they were so nervous. But that is always something that I was able to overlook because I knew that it was because of the special situation they were in. Um But I'm meaning to say I'm not, I'm definitely not perfect. I also have a lot to learn with this respect. To be open and to free myself from this bias completely. Working with you international people who are probably now also listening has helped me a lot with that. Um, and I would like to, yeah, use this as a shout out to you to help us overcome that in Germany and basically anywhere. So with the work I'm also doing as a career coach with international people, I'm hoping to make my small impact on this um, creation of more diversity and equality and equal chances for everybody in Germany, no matter which background they have or which special personality traits. Um, yeah, I want people to be um, judged because of the skills, because of their motivation, because of their personality and not because of anything that has defined 
them from an outward perspective. Let's put it maybe that way. Yeah, as I said, no helpful and practical tips today. I just basically wanted to share this information and um, I'm very happy to yeah, talk to you about how we can overcome this, how we can create more awareness, especially with hiring managers. I mean, they, the, the examples I've mentioned, the managers themselves, they were not bad people. They were kind persons. They had families. They, are, they, they could be kind-hearted in other situations. So I'm, I would be very happy to understand where their bias comes from. And probably it's only small things that need to be done that would help them to overcome the stereotypes and um, yeah, biases that they have. So let's all be, yeah, let's be aware that we're all in this together. We're all humans. So we're all essentially the same kind of people. And I'm very happy to be surrounded by a lot of international people on a daily basis. I feel that this enriches my life greatly and I'm very, very grateful for it. So I yeah, want to spread this message. I want to spread the positivity about having a diverse community, diverse teams and companies. And I want all of us to be aware about the great benefit that this will bring to all of us. Let's all move a little bit closer together because essentially we're all one. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and bye for now. Yours, Sarah. Sarah.